My name is Will Ragsdale, and this is the Will to Change podcast, a show created for women and men searching for healthy and positive methods of healing after completing the journey of divorce or seeking an end to that relationship you thought might be the one. The way back to a great relationship with the whole you begins with empowering yourself to break free from toxic thoughts, habits, cycles, and triggers. As human beings, we are built for connection and deserve those connections to be displayed in a healthy way. I'm going to share with you my experiences, experiences of guests, and the advice of professionals within the fields of trauma, divorce, life coaching, and faith. My goal for the show is for you to feel empowered, to create boundaries, and stick to them. Start the healing you desire and make courageous decisions to find your peace. I would feel honored to have the opportunity to walk alongside you in your journey from trauma to triumph. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Will to Change podcast. I'm your host, William Ragsdale. I appreciate you coming back and listening to part two of our interview with Denisha Nicole, who is the uh, lead singer of Nicole Noel. And I'm going to rewind us back just a few moments before uh, we left the conversation in part one. So here we go. I asked God, I said, why did I have to go through this? You know, I didn't come from a family where, you know, women get abused or, you know, I didn't come from a family, you know, where I was taught to not love myself. Um, Why did I have to go through this? And God said, why not? And I promised God that if and when he healed me, that I would not be ashamed to tell someone else, male or female, um, about my story. Because if it, if my story can be the place of your deliverance, can be the place where you take comfort and you take rest and you find strength, then I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to put my life on display for someone else to find their freedom. Oh, yes, that is powerful. That is, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and and, and that, that's what has inspired me because of, you know, my own journey. Um, and so I completely understand, you know, like if I could just have one person, um, it's all worth it. You know, all the time put into it is all worth it. So for you, what was the next part of your journey after you've forgiven him? And um, what was the next thing that you needed to do? I discovered that I needed, I forgave him. I lost the shame. I forgave myself. Mm -hmm. And then I discovered that I needed to find my purpose, find the discover me again. Um, Because I had married so young and Mm -hmm. I had spent so much time trying to be everything that this person wanted Mm -hmm. that I had honestly didn't really know me at all. I had no clue of what I liked. (laughs) I had no, (laughs) I didn't. Uh, No, I I believe it. You know, yeah. I, the things I thought I liked, I didn't like, I had mm-hmm. just adapted because that's what he liked. <laughs> and so I had to really sit down and be like, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to cook, but not that much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hear you. I hear you. You get, you get to that point. Once you get through that phase, you know, through that, when you're going through the self-discovery, you start to understand, wait, 
I only liked those things because I was yes. in, the, in the middle of the survival, mm-hmm. you know, place. It, it wasn't really me. It, and especially when you are in that, involved in that at a, such a young age mm-hmm. that you don't really know who you are, where, you, yeah. know, you know, whether you're in, especially like 10 years plus and you're in, you've been in that relationship, you're like, who am I? Who you know. am I? Yeah. <laughs> like, I had so, no clue. <laughs> so what 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 are the things that helped you? Did you have uh, any books or were there some other people in your life to, to help you along that journey of like this is who I am? And what and, and then also what were those things that you figured out? I had, you know, I had a friend in Houston who would um call me every day and she would just kind of send me affirmation like words of affirmation and she would say okay what are you doing today and I'd be like you know I don't know I don't even know what I want to do I don't even know what I like um and she would be like okay well just get out and drive and go find something (laughs) and so she was one of the people that you know encouraged me to get out more I then discovered that I needed to go to counseling. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and I went and got a therapist mm-hmm. um, because I had to learn that I had, I didn't leave that. Although God, I was healed. I didn't leave that marriage unscathed. You yes. know, I, yes. I, I had very high anxiety. Um, I would be in the grocery store and be crippled and couldn't literally could not move from the place I was with tears in my eyes. And I discovered that um, I needed some coping mechanisms and I, I needed to find healthy ways to cope. Um, and, and if I didn't, I wasn't going to learn who I was because I was crippled. What was that most surprising thing that you discovered about yourself? Oh, I discovered that I am actually very, very feminine. And I know like for a woman, oh, that's surprising. Yeah, it, it is for me because in my marriage, I had to operate um, sometimes as the head uh-huh. because I had taken on so, so, so much. Like I had taken on, like I would work two jobs and um, I wouldn't even make time for hair appointments. I wouldn't take time to go get my nails done. I discovered that I really enjoy pampering myself um and I used to tell people I don't have to do any of that and I discovered that I'm actually very very feminine (laughs) and I I like that (laughs) I think you I think we discover I mean because you know that's just the natural you know place of a woman just to have that femininity but when Mm -hmm. you are thrust into this role of masculinity yes then you really you, you you almost look at femininity as like a, a downside or you look oh, yeah. uh, you look you know differently at it you like as a weakness mm-hmm. and then like as you say you know wait a second this is like this is naturally who yeah. I am uh, naturally who I you know mm-hmm. who, who you are now, and I've heard that from many 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 women um so it is not surprising okay <laughs> so I, that's that's amazing I am I am glad that that that's one thing that you discovered um because I think it gives people a greater sense of you know where where at where I'm at you know yeah. and, and it shows healing and self-worth that yeah and it shows a drastic change too it probably. Does. that's why it's probably was your most surprising thing yes you know? um 
And like you said before, you know, the women in the family are strong or considered strong Mm -hmm. and tough. And um, I assume there's a lot of masculinity, not as like they are behaving as men, but like their masculinity is high. Yes. Yes. Um, And and just, just for the audience know, I am related to Denisha. (laughs) So so I know exactly what she's talking about. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, uh, but it's, it's beautiful to see and to hear, hear that from you of like you feeling like I can still be a strong woman and be feminine. And be very feminine. And I discovered that, you know, I don't want to, you know, I, I know we, I, I don't, I don't know how to say this no, go because, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I'd never wanted a marriage where I had to lead necessarily. And, um, I felt like me saying that was probably going to go against every feminist in the world, but I'm not a feminist. And I discovered that I wanted to be in a marriage where I could be feminine and mm-hmm. I could allow my spouse to lead. And I discovered that the whole time, that's all I wanted. I just wanted him to lead. I wanted someplace I could take rest in and not have to be as quote unquote, so strong and so domineering and, you know, inserting myself in everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I discovered that that's what I really, really wanted. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And I, and you know, this isn't quite a show about um, relationship, but I'm just going to go here real quick. <laughs> you know, it's it. What it is 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 just having someone who knows how to lead that that yes. that helps strong women. Like women who are strong um, doesn't mean that you need to conquer them or mm. or that you need to control them. Leadership is is not all about this machismo. You know, leadership is like consistency and doing what you said you're going to do and yeah and take like you said loving her like christ loves the church mm-hmm. you know and loving her properly and then she's going to walk in her femininity easily and then you'll be able to yeah. walk the man will be able to walk in his masculinity easier so that's yes. a whole nother kind of show but that i just had to put that out other, there <laughs> that is but it's the truth it it's is the, the truth. truth i had to put that out there it came up i had to put it out there okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so Next in your journey, you you know, you kind of figuring out yourself, you're discovering mm-hmm. kind of who you are, you would be with yourself and you would start doing some physical activities and yeah, and, like and I would it, walk. Yeah, I would walk like nine miles a day. Mm-hmm. Um, at first it was just for like, and I, you know, honestly, William, I kept the vlogs. I have a year's worth of vlogs oh, nice. of, um, <laughs> of me walking every day and mm-hmm. me talking about how um, natural health is tied to mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, God had just begun dealing with me how my, how my, um, my mental health was tied to my physical health. And why I was in the state I was in for so long, um, because mental health plays a big part of the way you look, of the way you think, um, and of the way you feel and, and, and how you take care of yourself. And when you're, when you're beat down mentally, you know, you don't have that much of a desire to, to care for yourself. You know, you're you're, like I said, you know, you're binge eating or you're not eating at all or, you know, you're developing habits um, 
and God had me walking and I would walk for miles and miles. And I still do um, just talking to me and ministering to me. And, and it changed my life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, if y'all see people out there walking and talking to themselves, don't think they're crazy. Because <laughs> I was one of them. I was. Uh, I, I've, I've done the same thing. I've sat here, walked and talked to myself, recorded myself talking and, you know, just, you know, it's just me talking to God and, and, and yes. this is a conversation meant for him and I. So I understand that fully well. So Denisha, what, what are some of the um, greatest lessons that you feel you've learned about um, boundaries and, and, and red lines and, you know, the uh, red flags that you've discovered? What are some of the, the things that you could share with people from your experience? The greatest thing I've learned, um, one of the greatest things I've learned about boundaries and in the area of abuse um, is that the first time should be the last time. Mm. You know, um, we have to teach ourselves and love ourselves enough to create that boundary mm -hmm. for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So the first time he puts his hands on you should be the last time. There is no loving someone out of that. That takes counseling and God. That should have, that should have never happened. And when it did, I should have then packed my bags and left. I've learned that without self-love, anything goes. You know, without self-love and without knowing who you are in Christ, you'll accept things that you, you probably would never accept because you don't know yourself and because you don't love yourself. And the best thing you can do before ever entering into any kind of relationship, especially a covenant with someone, is know yourself and know who you are. And honestly, know what you like, know what you don't like, because if you don't, that person will tell you what you like and they will tell you what you don't like. And, you know, they'll show you things about you. And that really isn't who you are, but they're painting the picture because you didn't come into that relationship, you know, with a picture of who you are or with standards or, you know, with your list. So they're creating it for you. Um, and my best advice to give to um, especially I wouldn't even say young couples, anybody entering um, into a relationship for the first time or for the second time or for the third time, make sure you do the work prior to entering into that relationship with knowing what you can and what you cannot accept and what you will take and what you won't take and what you like and what you don't like. Oh, oh I would agree with that um, wholeheartedly. Um, that knowing, like you said, knowing yourself <laughs> and, and knowing what your red flags are, um, are important and having like, and having conversations about that, you know, whenever you yeah. do, yes. like, whenever you feel ready to enter into that, you know, a serious relationship is like having that discussion, you know, was one of the first Believe talks. what they say, you know, yeah, like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Believe don't don't think, oh, say. I can change what they're thinking. No. No, 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 that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, people change because they want to change, you know. Right. And, and that's, that is, that is relived over and over again throughout history, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. 
what are what are some of the things that after your journey have become an important part of who Denisha is and can you share with us uh, you know the excitement of the journey you're on now so after you know healing and learning myself and kind of getting back into like the rediscovery phase um I went to a friend's wedding and reconnected with um a best friend in my marriage I wasn't allowed to have this best friend it's you know one of those things where we pick and choose that person picks and choose who you can be around uh I went to school for music and um I was a songwriter and a singer before I got married and it kind of got shut off in my marriage. I wasn't really allowed to do that. And so now I'm at this wedding with all of my college friends and um, I had written a song about 10 years, 11 years ago was right before I got married, right before I met um, my husband. A friend was like, hey, wait, maybe we should do something with that song. And that song went off into a whole nother thing. And now I am writing and composing and arranging um, music for voice and orchestra. We just did a piece for uh, Wichita State University's Wind Ensemble. It's about a 30 minute piece of music um, with about four different movements. And we're just, I'm just ready to go where God takes me, I guess. Um, (laughs) Our group is called Nicole Noel. Um, We just started a small business, Nicole Noel LLC, and um, we're looking to um, start our not-for-profit here in the next year where we um, give scholarships to low-income and underserved um, children who want to study classical music because it's very expensive. Uh, Lessons can be expensive, and if, you know, you don't have a family who makes that type of money, you know, you kind of miss out on that thing. Mm. So um, we're wanting to start our not-for-profit. We're not wanting, we're going to start our not-for-profit um, and, you know, begin to give out scholarships uh, along with um, monthly and yearly um, benefit concerts uh, to fund it. And with that group, are you guys having performances? What, kind of what are you doing in the, uh, um, on the performance area of, of that group? We just did a concert in January at uh, WSU. Um, we did um, about an hour long concert with just the voice and orchestra. Myself, um, my friend, Justin Noel, um, who arranges all of my music and a string ensemble. Um, COVID makes everything so difficult. Oh, I bet it, <laughs> it makes does. everything so difficult. But um, here in, um, in about two weeks, we're doing another concert. Like I said, with WSU, we've written a piece for them and it will be live streamed. Um, And so I'll let everyone know when that's going to come out. We record it um, May 5th. I'll go down there for a few days and we'll, uh, we'll do some rehearsals and then we'll live stream it. In the summer, we plan on doing a a summer concert and we hope to do a winter, uh, a winter benefit concert to raise monies for scholarships. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And do you have a, a website or anything people can contact to get information? Yeah, our, our website is actually under construction now. Okay. But okay. our Facebook and our Patreon are up and running. Um, okay. And it's Nicole Noel. Facebook, you just type in Nicole Noel. And okay. I K-O-Y-L-E, um, N-O-E-L. Our tag is Tupac Meets Bach. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> give, give us a little, <laughs> little info about that. Give us a little info about that. 
Well, you know, we were both African-American and we went to school to sing, uh, to sing and perform classical music. And we always felt like a little of us was missing <laughs> in that. <laughs> and so like, we got this amazing training and we wanted to mix that amazing training we got from university with our culture and hence the Tupac meets Bach because we take things like um, hip hop and R&B and gospel and we mix it with uh, classical music with wind ensemble and um, with orchestra and with bands um, and it creates this beautiful mashup um, and so we we tagged it Tupac meets Bach. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So you've got uh, classical meets culture. Yes. Yeah, over here, <laughs> yes. uh, part of Nicole Noel. But then you guys also are also composing, you yes. know, uh, for, you know, for, uh, is it orchestras? Orchestras and wind ensembles. And wind ensembles. So that's, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing to hear. What has been the biggest lesson yeah. that you have learned through this experience? I would say, it's, it's funny you ask that because I was up all night um, and God was dealing with me about trust and um, first trusting because we all want to, we all, you know, some of us don't want to just, you know, be perpetually single for the rest of our life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, I know that I'm, I want to enter into another relationship, whatever God says that is. Um, I'm healed and I think I'm ready. May not, maybe not right now, but mm -hmm. because I see some things that still need, you know, that I still need to work on. And one of them was trust. And I was talking to God and I was like, I trust, I, I have a hard time trusting. I have a real hard time, you know, in my mind, everyone is going to exploit me or, you know, every relationship is going to turn into, because that's all I knew, you know, mm -hmm. from a young age, that's all I knew. And God, you know, he spoke to me last night and I wrote it down. It says, you may never trust them, but you have to trust yourself. You have to trust, you have to trust the God in you that if they decide to betray you, if they decide to hurt you, if they decide that they're going to, to attempt to strip all of your power away, that I have given you the strength to exit stage left. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, okay, God. <laughs> and I said, okay. Um, and he said, you know, you're not, not that 19 year old girl anymore that doesn't know when to leave. You've learned your lesson. Now trust yourself. So I think the biggest thing I've learned is to trust, is now that I've gone through the process, to trust myself that if something ever happens to me in that way again, that God has given me the strength to know when to leave, to know when my time in a situation is up because I didn't used to know that. So I've learned honestly, to trust myself. Wow, that is very, very powerful. What would you, what else would you share with people out there when they feel like they can't leave a situation that is either physically or mentally, you know, abusive? I would say that you are powerful in ways you couldn't imagine that you wake up every day living and surviving 
an abusive relationship. You wake up every day knowing that today may not be the best, yet you wake up and you, you find a smile and you wake up and you take care of the kids or you wake up and you still find it in your heart to take care of your spouse, that strength. And so use that strength that you have to then turn it around and walk out the door. Because if you can survive in a turbulent situation, you can survive on your own. Because essentially in that relationship, you're on your own anyway. Yes, I agree. And I think you mentioned something earlier, like, you know, when we were talking about the masculinity and stuff like that, about you were carrying all the weight and what, you know, what, the, what I've come to learn recently, that's like um, emotional weight, oh, you know, yeah. of the household, you carry all the emotional weight of the household. Mm -hmm. And, and that is, that is also a strength. If you get, if you turn it around, you can, that is a, a strength as well. Yes. What was the most helpful thing that helped you overcome shame? It was me um, finding the strength to say, you know what, I'm going to do a photo shoot. And now I'm going to go do this. Now I'm going to step out. And if I want to go to get on a canoe, I'm going to do it. You know, it was, it was finding strength to do the things that I said I would never do because I was ashamed of me mm. doing so. Um, I realized that, oh, wow, I can do those things. Oh, wow. Like, I am beautiful. <laughs> I didn't look bad in that picture. It was uh, stepping out and doing things that I had never done or things that I kept putting off until um, I was the perfect size or I was the perfect look or um, mm -hmm. I was, I felt more desirable doing things that I didn't feel like doing. Yeah. Yeah. And how, tell me about the co the co-parenting part, not necessarily the details, but how, Mm -hmm. What is the relationship now and how, how do you handle that relationship? We, um, we co-parent um, every other weekend and it's not, it's still not the best relationship um, as far as communication and maybe, you know, down the road it will be, mm -hmm. but what I've discovered is that when it used to bother me when I received like a nasty text message or, you know, a, a message of you're a bad parent, mm -hmm. you know, um, you need to, you're selfish or, you know, something of that nature. It used to bother me. And what I learned to do now with co-parenting that helps me is to look at that text message or hear the words that he's saying and not internalize them. Mm. That's good. Not internalize them. And it helps with the co-parenting because if you're in a situation where you have children, um, you have to do what's best for your children. And if I removed myself from the situation so my son wouldn't see fighting in the home, there's no reason for him to see me fighting outside of the home. It, it's, it, was, it, it would be the same toxic cycle. And so what I've done is trust myself that if he says something rude to me or threatens me, I won't internalize it. 
if I need to, I'll talk to my lawyer, but I won't respond to it. And that has helped um, our co-parenting situation go smoothly. Um, somebody has to take the higher ground at some point. And it may never be that other person. And sometimes, honestly, it wasn't me sometimes. <laughs> if I'm being honest, hey, sometimes that's what it's about. I was the one that was just like, yeah, right. Not today. You know, you've done enough. You know how we get like, I've been dealing with you for all these years. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And um, God had to humble me and, and say, it's not for you. Do everything in my glory. And that means shut your mouth and, <laughs> and take this, take your son to where he needs to be, get in your car. And if it upsets you, pray to me and leave it where it's at. I wholeheartedly <laughs> understand. <laughs> it's like, and sometimes you just say, hey, all right, I'm just going to do what I need to do and, uh -huh. and, and leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you fail. Like sometimes yeah. you fail. You completely fail. I'm not going to lie. And, then I, and I say, I'll try next time. I'll try again next time. <laughs> That's all you can do, really. That's all you can do. And, and, and what it really comes down is, I mean, you can't control what that other person does. And like yeah. you said, all you can do is try to do what you feel is best for your kid. Yes. And, and there's going to be instances where you don't feel like they are doing the, you know, what's best for your kid, but you can't control yeah. them. And nope. you just got to let go of that part and, you know, and do what you can do, what you can do and what you can control. Exactly. And like you said, it's about, it's about, you know, making sure your kid has, you want them to have a positive relationship with their other parents. So yeah, um, you do. I think, I think that is um, really important what is something you can share with people and empower them and encourage them that they are the change that they're waiting for. And that, you know, it's only going to be by their actions that they move forward. I would say first and foremost, that God loves you. His word tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us. That means if you're in a pit, he will sit right there with you and encourage you to come out of it. I will say that when I was going through my divorce, I was, I had a fear of, okay, here's loss of income. It's just me and my son. Now I had a fear of loneliness. I had a fear of never being chosen again, never being wanted again. I had a fear of shame and I had a fear that I would be eternally heartbroken, just eternally heartbroken. And if nothing else helps you, I hope that my story helps you because in, at the end of the day, I became a better mother. I became a better friend. Um, I became a better woman and I had more money in the bank. Now that it was me, I was learning new habits and it forced me to learn to budget. It forced me to learn to manage my time and in doing so like you get to discover you and it may be a loss right now but you truly get to discover you you get to discover what you like and what you don't like you get to discover that you know that you probably don't like strawberry ice cream you just did because he did you know um I would say that you can do it you can do it um and that you have to surround yourself with the right support system. And if you need to go to counseling, go to counseling. If you need that emotional help, seek help. 
there is nothing shameful in it. And it's the best thing you can do, not only for yourself, but if you have children, but for your children. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. And I just want to say thank you for sharing that story, you know, for sharing your journey with us. And I know you're a fantastic singer. So <laughs> if you guys you. ever get a chance to see anything about Nicole Noel, I'm telling you, you should do it. You know, she's, she's fantastic. <laughs> thank um, you. And, uh, and, and also, if you get a chance to help with their nonprofit too, that I know it's going to go towards something amazing yes. and um, something that I think the, that those kids would, will deserve an opportunity to see something different, which I'm sure has played a huge role in your life. Yes, it has. Obviously. So um, again, Denisha, thank you so much for you. coming on thank here. You. And uh, I definitely will be reaching back out to you to kind of get an update on, on where you're at. And, um, and, and you just have such amazing things to share. <laughs> Thank and, you. Uh, uh, I see it as uh, a journey that many, many women, mm -hmm. many women can appreciate. Thank you. And I'm, I'm waiting for the book. For you. <laughs> 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 so it, it has to be in the works, right? <laughs> <laughs> a book. Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe one day. It has been on my mind. <laughs> uh, Thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Wow. What a powerful couple of episodes with Denisha Nicole. I mean, it doesn't get any more vulnerable or courageous or faith-filled than that. That was quite an interview. You know, I have so much respect for people that have been through, you know, the worst times that have this deep feeling of hopefulness and the people that have the ability to, to treat others with so much kindness and so much love, no matter what they've been through. And, and that's a great example for us to all understand, no matter what we've been through, whatever tough times we've been through, that we still treat others with kindness, we still have grace, and that we still show that we are all human beings. And there is nothing greater for the human spirit than showing others that they're not alone. And with her sharing her story, hopefully, those of you who may be in that situation or have gone through that situation, know that you are not alone. Once again, thank you for listening to the Will to Change podcast. You can check out my Facebook group at The Will to Change. I also have a blog site, thewilltochange.org, or you can check out my articles posted on the Elephant Journal. Just search for William Ragsdale. Thank you all and have a blessed day.